culture. The arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. There are many forms of culture in the world, especially here in the good old U.S. of A. Asian culture, Western culture. But there's also one culture that was so underappreciated, so underwhelmed by what you might call the majority, that it almost failed to exist. But with the perseverance of the, of the culture itself and the people who formed it, an entire month has been dedicated to honoring the history, formation, and achievements that have come from this culture. Particularly within this culture, obviously black culture, is cinema. Of which there are many, any incredible movie, movies that, and shows that have, put, that have been put out there by the black community collectively that even I don't know much about. Which is, which is saying something, because I'm not black. Thank you all for coming to us with the Night Shift Bandits. Black History Month. Here we go. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? Here is me, your boy, Zach. Master Honor Thomas here. And once again, Bri Bri the Cool Guy. And welcome to the Night Shift Bandits podcast, where today, as Brian foreshadowed, we are talking about black movies. And of course, of course, as we all know, black movies have had a big uh, impact on culture and everything like that. We're going to go ahead and tackle that subject here today. But of course, before we get to any of that stuff, hit us up, check us out on all social media platforms at Nice Bandits, donate to our Patreon and our GoFundMe. Also, go ahead and hit up perspectives discussions. Go ahead and discuss um, love life and or relationships. And we've got some black stuff going on over there as well. Black stuff, yes. I said that. Anywho, uh, like I said, black movies, black movies, black movies. We all have our classics. You know, we all love to talk about our Fridays, our how highs, and all that other good stuff. How high was definitely a banger. Oh yeah, especially Menace Society as well. You know, we all have that there. But what can y'all tell me about a about a bad motherfucker named Dolomite? Well, I can tell you that Dolomite was uh really really awesome. Uh, movie at the time that it came out. I can also tell you that uh, there's a lot of black exploitation movies that came out because of Dolomite. Exactly. Like the thing is with Dolomite, and I guess we can go ahead and start off with talking about the original movie. Actually, mm-hmm. um, to go ahead and bring up the credits here, I may butcher some names here. Uh, Dolomite was of course directed by Derville Martin, screenplay by Jerry Jones, story, and the producer was of course Mr. Rudy Ray Moore, who of course is Dolomite himself, the pimp who just said all kinds of crazy stuff on stage. He um, says the wildest thing. To go ahead and like give a quick um, synopsis, I guess you could call it, of Rudy Ray Moore. Very famous uh, comedian, 
and you know he didn't find his niche until way later on in life but he did he created the character of dolomite a pimp and hey it was a raunchy pimp at that like definitely back in the day um you still had your raunchiness uh still had your raunchy comedian still had your dirty jokes he was the core of that uh to go ahead and then to go ahead and even add more to that it is said he is the godfather of rap like literally the basis and foundations of rap came from Rudy Ray Moore and his comedy um go ahead and check out a few of his uh comedic acts actually on YouTube uh especially his most famous one at least one I've seen around a lot I've seen around a lot uh Signifying Monkey which I think is like his most iconic one personally that's just um, but yeah, it's, it's it's essentially like the basis of stand-up. He does a great job. I mean, to this day, it still holds up, in my opinion. Um, but anywho, we're not talking about him. <laughs> we're talking about no, him. We're, we're talking about Dolomite. We're talking about his Whoa. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Dolomite, to go ahead and go back to that, uh, it's an interesting movie. It, it even screens for the time that it's on that same level of being a B-movie. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see where the inspiration for black exploitation came from, especially in regards to um, like parodies. Like for example, and we'll we'll talk talk about this a little bit later, depth. But just to bring it up real quick now, like Black Dynamite, for example, a lot of that came from Dolomite and other black exploitation. I can yeah. totally see that too. Yeah, but you could definitely see like a lot of the main themes, like the kung fu, um, the kung fu horrors, and the afros, and like the fancy protagonist who just kicks ass and takes names. Just yeah, from, um, Dolomite. Yeah, that. Uh, are you talking about the the characters of Dolomite and Black Dynamite, or are you talking about just characters that are similar to Dolomite himself? No, no, no. I'm talking about the movies in general. Like, you see a lot of inspiration from Dolomite. Like, let's say, for example, like, for example, the biggest one, the whorehouse. Mm-hmm. Like, in Dolomite, literally, the whorehouse, the ladies in the whorehouse learn Kung Fu because they're tired of having guys, like, stick them up, taking their money and all of that. Right. In the Black Dynamite, they have the same thing, except it's played more for laughs. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, because... Um, I forgot what her name is, but I think it's Kim Whitley. Uh, she's playing a character who basically like the head of all the, I, I guess the madam of the house. And she's just doing things that you wouldn't expect someone in that position to be doing. Uh, it seems like Raymore. Seems like Ray Moore produced a lot of movies in his heyday. Oh, he did. Um, Dolomite's literally his first one. Mm-hmm. He had several yeah. after the that. Human Tornado, Petey Wheatstraw, Disco Godfather, The Legend of Dolomite in the 90s, and Monkey Hustle. Exactly. Yeah, so he's had, like... He's Dolomite had, is a lot of different movies. Yeah, like, again, keep in mind, that's a character. So he's had sequels. Hell... I, when I finished watching Dolomite the other day for the first time, they literally pulled the Marvel thing where they were like, yeah, Dolomite will be back. But it's said by Rudy Ray Moore as if he was doing one of his acts. 
Um, I can't really replicate it because that guy is yeah. on level himself. His his uh the way that he speaks and everything like for his act is very interesting. And it and the only other person that I've seen do him justice is the guy who played uh, Bullhorn in Black Dynamite, who also played uh, Tom in The Boondocks. Yeah. So, and he's also been. So, so Rudy has like he has experience in making movies. Just so that this is like his more, in my opinion, his more iconic one because it was his. This was literally his baby. You know, and granted, mm-hmm. um, in the movie, my name is Dolomite. That's like a, um, it's a bit of a biopic. But like I was saying on stream the other day, you know, they probably threw in a lot of like sugar and BS into it. But again, the gist of it is real. You know, right. He was a guy who was down on his luck, found out, created this character, and went ahead and took that character and became one of like the biggest influences in black exploitation. Yes. And of course, obviously, as I said before, the Godfather of Rap because his delivery was incredibly poetic and incredibly for what it was. You said incredibly poetic and incredibly what? Unique. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree on that. Um, j- just because of how I was saying before, it was very sing-songy and uh, I, I would say definitely early rap stylish. Um, he. The, the things that he came up with just off the top of his head, seemingly, I don't know if he wrote any of his jokes before or not, but it seemed like, oh, you just came up with that right now. That was hilarious. And it just kept going on like that with his entire act. Yeah. So It seems kind of like just looking at all this guy's stuff and, and some of the scenes like, yeah, this guy totally inspired Eddie Murphy. Yeah, like oh yeah, oh hell. I mean, Rocky. Eddie Murphy played him in My Name Is Dolomite. Yeah, Dolomite is my name. Yes, that's what I meant. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Oh yeah. Also, another good movie. Yes, Dolomite is my name is a great movie. Um, is actually one of my favorites. Actually, it quickly became one of my favorites. It came out in 2019. And you know, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, Netflix did a good job of advertising it. Um, and you know, I think that it was nice. And I think that was a movie I had. I uh, it's been a while since I've seen Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the first movies I've seen him in recently, in a while. And yeah, he didn't miss a beat. Uh, you know what? When played, I go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, he played Rudy very well. Um, he, the jokes came off very well. Even some of like the dramatic bits came off very well. Um, he did, did capture the attention of certain scenes, like for example, where you know he's in a room and he's practicing his lines, and he sees the picture of his father, and you see in the midst of him practicing his lines, trying to get his inspiration, he starts to take some of that anger towards his father, essentially calling him like telling him that like you won't mount out to nothing, and put that into his line. Right, and he captured like like that bit of anger that's in it, and that's one of my favorite scenes because the way that the movie depicts Rudy is the fact that he's a combat king. He's been down on his luck for the longest time, working in a small just hole in the wall record store, 
uh, trying to convince Snoop Dogg <laughs> to play his records in that record store. I mean, it's not actually Snoop Dogg, but Snoop Dogg's playing the character. Right. But, um, and then from there, you know, he even goes, even at the comedy clubs he works at, you know, before he finds Chris Dolomite, he asks the uh, guy saying, hey, you know, give me a couple of minutes to do my comedy. Mm-hmm. And the guy says no. Where else in the previous scene, you know, he was doing his comedy and nobody was listening to it at all. So it's no wonder he said no, right? Right. And then from there, he finds a crackhead who he gets his inspiration from. And then from there, he just takes that. And at this point, he's on tour. So. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but it's definitely one hell of a ride. A nice ride, too. A very uh, Chicken Soup-esque movie where it has its downs and ups, but in the end, it's very inspirational. Very, yeah. Uh, a, ni- a nice party movie to watch. Yeah. Also, I just found out um, who the guy who played Bullhorn in Black Dynamite was. It's not the same guy who did Tom. Uh, they sound and sound very similar to me, but uh, Byron Menz is his name. And okay. he did a fantastic job playing Bullhorn, which is I, th- I guess was based off of uh, Rudy Ray Moore's character from how he was acting and everything. That's I see it. Yeah. Yeah, so and and like I said, like it definitely inspired a lot within Black culture, especially Black entertainment. And mm-hmm. I can't say enough that like if you see a pimp just being smooth and acting slick and doing some kung fu and not to shoot some people, pretty much being the James Bond for pimps, for black pimps. <laughs> I mean, it's probably based off Dolomite. <laughs> yeah, or Shaft. That too. That that kind of brings me back to the to the book, The Pimp Diaries, for some reason. Because when I see how he's dressed and how he acts. And to be fair, The Pimp Diaries is a much more darker piece of literature than people realize. But I just remember it was one of Dave Chappelle's specials on Netflix. He does the whole bit and then there's like a whole nother thing of him where he's not on the big stage. He's actually in a smaller comedy club somewhere in... When, where was he at? He was at Atlanta, I think. The Atlanta special. And he went to this smaller club after hours. And he just had this copy of The Pimp Diaries. And I remember because when I was working at Goodwill, people donate books there a lot. And it sucks when you get books, but I happened to find, see a copy of The Pimp Diaries. And I was bored, so I read through it a little bit. I'm like, this guy's messed up. And then I look at all this stuff that Ray Moore did, and I'm like, oh, that's one way to spin it. I mean, yeah, if you if you actually do know what entails uh, being a pimp, then yeah, you know, it's very messed up. It's very uh, yeah, it's, dehumanizing it's, for everyone that at least back in the day it was. Yeah, I'm not sure about now, but looking at uh, a lot of history, 
showed me like back then it was terrible oh yeah and it's like back then it's like you know you could get away i guess quote unquote get away with that as but you know as time goes on standards are created or rise that people get fed up with stuff so they take matters into their own hands or leave and do things on their own yep yeah so but uh thomas i heard you have some movies you want to bring up i do and i just watched them recently um one of them actually both of them were on netflix uh the first one i want to discuss is i am not your negro a movie about james baldwin and the notes that was found in his uh apartment after or in his home after he was uh after he passed away they took about 30 pages cobbled them together to make this documentary type of uh movie and in this movie there's he talks about a lot of what happened to Megar Evers, MLK, and Malcolm X. Uh, he also talks about how he, when he left from here in America, he went over to Paris and completely didn't want anything else to do with America until he started missing his family. And that was pretty much it. It was only his family that brought him back. Uh, a lot of those things that, you know, were big for him were the violence that was being uh put upon the black community a lot of the the theft of our creations was really a problem for him a, a lot of things even education there there's so much that i can't really say it all i can really say is go watch the movie he puts a lot into perspective if you don't already think that way um if you don't know who he is give him Give him a read and give that movie a watch. It was uh, narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. And I didn't even realize it was Sam Jackson until like halfway through the movie. Hmm. Probably because we're used to Sam Jackson yelling. I, that's very true. I was very used to Sam Jackson, like at least talking loudly. But this was so reserved and full of. It, it was definitely emotions but i can't say that all of them were negative so it was it was definitely an emotionally driven uh reading by him yeah and that's pretty much what i, I want to talk about on that um i, I know that movie isn't going to be around for very much longer it's on netflix until i mean not netflix amazon prime until february 28th so if you don't see it by then on amazon check it out however you can Definitely, definitely. I mean, at this point, you know, you can check out any movies. Hell, I found a way to watch Dolomite. So, yeah, movie. exactly. And so, you can find pretty much all of the movies where you can find them. Yeah. So, uh, the second movie I was I wanted to talk about was Good Hair, and I wanted to watch this movie because one, I've never seen it, and two. I just was thinking that my hair was thinning and I was like, people said that I had good hair. Let me watch this movie and see like, you know, what the movie was about, because I'm pretty sure it wasn't just about, you know, the differences between good hair and bad hair, which it was not. Um, They 
definitely took you in depth on the hair industry and uh culture of stylists here in america um for black women a lot of them definitely have well over the years they've used wigs weaves other things to make their hair as beautiful as possible um and it's because it's from what i've heard in the movie a source of pride for women and i definitely see that and want to hmm i want to acknowledge that a lot of things uh that was in this movie such as uh they were talking about perm and how dangerous it was that's basically an acidic chemical that you're putting on your scalp just so you can have your hair look like some blonde lady's hair i i don't think that that's good especially since you're putting that stuff on children too the they were saying in the movie that the perms that are quote-unquote kitty perm which i think that is actually a brand as well um they're just the same perms that anyone else would use just a little bit milder so all you're doing is messing up your child's hair and their hair follicles and possibly the entirety of their scalp if you're using that on them and that's the craziest thing about that like if you really think about uh perm because i remember even reading the even of malcolm x like he they were describing like because you remember the scene yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah where he's trying to like get his hair red yeah and they tell you like okay we put some eggs in this we put some blah 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 in this and it's like you're really putting this in your hair and yeah as someone who's younger you're not really thinking too much about it you think it's Mm -hmm. like you know we have crazy stuff we have crazy chemicals that we put in on our bodies all the time right yeah but if you really wait say that again you were kind of muffled Ever since World War One, in order to cut back on costs for mass production, all sorts of synthetic chemicals has been have been used in all daily hygiene products since the early 1910s. Right, and yep. if you really think about it, it's like, oh, this, this should not be going on our body. Yeah. If you really, really think about it. Oh, no, they did a, a test, and there, there's an entire scene. Uh, Chris Rock went to a scientist and told him about perms and everything and the first thing the scientist said was why would anyone put this on their head uh and this was after he gave him the the chemical name for it and which i don't remember right now um but once he said that the doctor immediately said why would you do that why would anyone want to do that and chris rock's answer so their hair can look nice uh basically what a perm does is break down proteins in your hair so it lays down flatter than what it normally would so yeah why would you want to do that to your hair but that that was a a larger part of of the entire thing they also have this hair show uh that's in atlanta and it's been going on for about 60 years i don't remember like i said i I've been doing a lot of things uh, these past couple days, so a lot of things are a blur. But the the show that they were going at is pretty big. Uh, there's so many people that are down there. Uh, when Chris went, he was asking, hey, so how much of this stuff is black owned? There was maybe, I think he said 
four or five aisles. And if you've been to a convention before, you know about how big an aisle is. Yeah. So there's about four or five aisles out of the entirety of the center that they were in that had uh, beauty supply products that were black owned. Everything else, majorly owned by Asians. And then whites. So there's that disparity too. When like 80% of the black populace uses those hair care products. And what you're starting to see now, unfortunately I can't name it at this moment, is that you are starting to see like a lot more black owned hair care products and more oh, yeah, they are natural. Absolutely. Like my yeah. barber, for example, he uses like a lot of natural products in my hair, beard. And mm -hmm. it feels great. Because um, you're right, like a lot of those chemicals are just not good at all. Yeah. Like they break your body down rather than bringing out the beauty. Like if yeah. you're gonna, do, that's why I don't mess with hair care products nearly as much uh, as other people I know do. Like, like the only time the craziest thing I ever did was when I bleached my hair, and I only managed to pull it off because I'm a natural blonde, so it can be bleach and recover without looking like something out of an anime. Yeah. And that was the one and that was the first and last time I ever cosplayed. I don't think I've ever had any like serious chemicals put into my head outside of uh the the regular hair care products like aerosol sprays, um no, nothing that burned or changed the texture or anything about the hair that I can think of. But what I use right now I make my own shea butter mixture with some grapeseed oil and a bunch of other things. Oh, you're tapping, Bry. Yeah, you're tapping. We can hear you. But yeah, I... Go ahead. Real quick, if you're going to do that, put yourself on. So that right. we'll come through the podcast. That's all. But go ahead, Thomas. Yeah. So, I honestly just forgot where I was. Damn, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I know I was talking about... Um, oh, so what I use right now for my hair is a shea butter mixture with grapeseed oil, uh, jojoba oil, tea tree oil, uh, vitamin E, and I can't remember what the other one that I had. I had like one or two more ingredients in this. Um, but I use that for myself now, make it at home. It takes me about maybe 30 minutes to make something that lasts about three months. Okay. And all of that stuff together, just buying everything individually, yes, up front, it costs way more than any of my hair care, any other hair care product or lotion that you would just pick up a bottle of. On the flip side, though, I know what's in there, and I know that none of those things are going to hurt me because I did my research and looked up to see what I should be putting on me. I mean, if you, as long as you budget it right, you can pull it off. But yeah, generally, getting all the natural products together and totaling it, and like I said, the per, the reason why these synthetics were used was to cut back on costs because you got to pay all the people that make that stuff, the farmers. Yeah, because this is all natural products. Exactly. So, unfortunately, this day and age. 
going healthy is going broke. Unfortunately. And a lot of people need to understand that also. But it's not really the people who uh, are doing these practices fault because they've been basically indoctrinated into it from a young age. Like I said earlier, there was a he had on in this movie a four year old getting a perm. Like that's yeah, that's. And after knowing what's in that perm stuff, yeah, now you have that better vision of it. But yeah, all in all, it was a very good movie. A lot of unexpected uh, comedy. A lot of, well, I should say funny moments. There was a lot of insight into what a lot of people think about uh, others' hair and how it should be worn. Uh, There's there's also a lot of uh, a lot of political that are talked about in this movie too, but it still relates to the struggle as a whole. And the original question: What's good hair? Yeah, that's good definitely like that. Definitely sounds like uh, worth the watch. Oh, it it is. And personally, I'm not a fan of Chris Rock. He's not that funny. So I think he's managed to refine himself over the years, but because like his latest special was, was pretty good actually compared to the stuff that he used to do in in the, in the, his earlier days. Yeah. Well, I watched about half of that newest special and I couldn't finish. Yeah. Like I said, some of the jokes in there were good. Yeah. Other jokes, it was still earlier Chris Rock. And, you know, Chris Rock is is not his stand-up. He is not. Like, as a person, yes, he's cool. I like him. As an actor, he's cool. I like him. As a comedian, I'll pass. Yeah, like, his, his movies are good. Yeah. Most of them. I, I would agree with most of most of his movies are good, but it's not because of the comedy. Yeah, his movies always seem to make a subtle point. Yeah. Also, I, I do want to bring it uh, much back to a lighter point now. Okay. Uh, so, I want to just shout out my favorite movie of all time. Doctor uh, Doolittle. No. Which is also Don't a black movie. Go on. It, well, it is, but it. no. Yeah, the remake of it is the the one with Eddie Murphy in it and uh, Kayla Pratt yeah. and Raven Simone. God, I didn't realize how. Okay, that was a pretty big movie at the time. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, "Don't Be a Menace to South Central" while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Say that title one more time. "Don't Be a Menace to South Central" while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> You thought I was going to slip up? No. <laughs> no. I've been saying that title correctly since it came out. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to slip you up. I was just trying to let the audience know what the movie was called. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, say, it, I'll say it slower then. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that movie... Someone just got away with putting that whole damn mouthful as the title... 
Yes, they got away with that. You know why? Because they are the Wayans. I, I I feel like the Wayans are like yeah, family-wise a dynasty in comedy. Yeah, the Wayans oh, are a dynasty. No, I was well, say entertainment in general. I was I was saying to entertainment in general, not just comedy, just entertainment in general, because they're not just comedians. They're actors. They're producers, songwriters, uh, DJs. We know one of them is definitely a DJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They 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 work in all facets and probably other. Uh, I, I would say, crap. I'm forgetting words right now. Uh, profession. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. But that movie was so good, and they they did get their credit for it but i don't think they got as much credit for it as they should have with the amount of uh talent that they brought in the amount of uh well how good it was the the parody of every single one of those movies in the title that they were making fun of and the tropes of black society and, and as a whole in america it was such a good movie it talked about so many social issues in a very funny way but it also had just dumb stuff happening that anybody would come across in their day-to-day life such an amazing yeah i I suggest you all go and uh try to match up some house shoes with glock (laughs) and and that's the thing about like those early like just black comedies too is that they always added like a hint of realism yeah i mean all good comedies that right yeah like something like friday for example like literally you can see friday happening on your block actually Friday. i have literally watched friday happening on my block on a friday i was just saying that like literally friday probably happened on your block It, it did on a friday yes i i'm sitting there looking at everything happening i'm like man this is wild this is like a movie and then I go and rewatch Friday and was like, this happened today. <laughs> so you saw this scenario twice. Yep. Twice in the same day. I, I didn't actually finish watching Friday. I kind of skipped around to the parts I wanted to. But it was the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, those, those were my movies that I wanted to bring up. Um, uh, also, real quick to go back to Friday real fast. Talk about mm-hmm. like. A series that knows how to name its sequels. Oh yeah, Friday. <laughs> Friday was definitely amazing with that. Friday, next Friday, Friday after next. Yeah, They're like perfect. It was. They weren't bad movies at all. They weren't. Like, I mean, some are good than others, but you know, you do that with any series, right? But yeah, for sure. Like cool movies you could just watch with your friends and just relate to it, especially if you grew up in the hood. Yeah. Also, for those that to put out this piece of trivia, that's where the term "by Felicia" came from. It is definitely where "by Felicia" came from. In case anyone ever heard that, which I mean, how did you not know? But hey, I I, I, I have met people who did not know that that's where that came from. Yeah, I did not know what that was. So, so there. Case in point. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to make a kiss. I'm just saying, like, hey. No, no, I, I know, I know. It's just we need to shout it's, the culture, right? It's kind of it, it, since it's so engraved in us, we're just like everybody knows about this. Yeah, but, it's just like for me, you know, it was like new new neighborhood, 
new experiences. And there's just a lot of stuff that I am not stuff I'm familiar with yet, so I'm getting there. Yeah. That's all. Friday. <laughs> but definitely watch Friday. I I believe it is on Amazon uh video. It's somewhere. Yeah, it, it is somewhere and it's been out long enough. Someone you know probably has a copy of it. Yeah. It copy. is also a stoner movie. It is a huge stoner movie. It's a big stoner movie. Like playing with your emotions. Very much so. Big big worm. Oh that (laughs) so hilarious. Every time I see ice cream trucks around here now, I'm like, I immediately think big worm. Real quick, real quick. Um want to give like a special shout outs to uh sorry to bother you which which actually has like the best joke when you're black working at a call center i have not seen movie yet i need to see that movie you need to see that movie all high like okay that movie i think only makes sense especially the latter half of the film only makes sense i guess if you're high okay interesting the first yeah but like the way they advertised it like yeah if you're black working at a call center you do have to do a little bit of code switching (laughs) yeah i mean i when i I wasn't even working in a call center and yeah there was definitely some code switching that i eventually was just like yeah i'm not doing this like yeah like no i am but i mean like what i mean by that is like working at a call center right and no everyone has their different yeah but what i'm getting at is the fact that like you have to use your quote-unquote white voice which is essentially your professional voice yeah because yeah if you don't sound anything else but black sometimes you can run into some uh (laughs) racist customers oh yeah i ran into two (laughs) and yeah it's not a fun time no i i can I haven't run into any customers who were racist towards me outwardly, but I did run into a pizza guy one time when I was in college. And the hall was small. I'm walking down the hall. He's walking with the pizza and we meet up in the middle. It's me and three friends. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, do I got a rap for you to get out of my way or what? And I was like, I didn't even say anything. I just had a look on my face. My friends. All of them were white. They were like, dude, what the fuck? And kept going in on him. Eventually, he just shut up and slunk by. Uh, what he didn't know is that he was delivering that pizza to somebody else that I knew. So that whole hall heard what was going on. This guy, when he, when a pizza came to him, knocked on his door. Hey, yeah. Uh, grabbed the pizza. And he was like, all right, you're good now. He didn't pay for that pizza. Damn, and nice. and his reasoning was, oh, no, I heard what you was talk- what you said to him out there. I know that guy. He just came from my room. Uh, we were hanging out. So uh, for for you to just say that to someone you don't know and you don't know anything about him, yeah. Thanks for the pizza. Bye. <laughs> for real. Yeah. And Damn. when he came out of that guy's room, I was still standing there. So I looked at him like he came out, was going to walk back that way, stopped, walked the other way. Wow. Damn right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
but oh, we were supposed yeah. to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, and I was just gonna mention this before you you said your story. Um, I was gonna say like working at the call center, like you run, to, it's, it's so different than face to face because mm. everyone's nasty because they can't see you, right? Yeah. So it, it's it it gets bad if you work in the call center. You know, it's a special kind of customer when they're rude. Ah. It's a special kind of racism. Yeah, anyway. I, I've I've heard of those things. Um, I think there was a there was a rapper. His name is Aha Gazelle. Uh, he has a skit on one of his albums that's basically, or not even a skit. It's an entire song that's basically a black person dealing with a racist customer. But anywho, speaking of shooting people, mm-hmm. the harder they fall. <laughs> is an excellent black western. I never saw that, and I once you said speaking of shooting people, I thought you were going to say Tombstone. Oh no! No, no, no! I'm talking about the harder they fall, the black western that came out on Netflix last year. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. I was thinking of the one with Mario Van. P- oh no! Nah. Uh, so just to go ahead and bring up the cast because the cast is pretty badass. Um. This does star. Uh, star does star Crank him, not Crank. <laughs> I was gonna say Crank. <laughs> Jonathan Majors. Okay. Uh, Zazzy Beats. R.J. Ooh. Tyler. Eddie. Eddie Gadegi. Is that how you pronounce that? I believe. I don't uh, know the spelling, so I'm bringing up the movie right now. That's fine. Um, Damon Wayans Jr. He's a really good actor too. He is not he just on the comedy scene. He was really good in that movie. He was really good. Okay. Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, Idris Elba, and a, a and a whole lot of others. Black star studded cast. Everyone's on point with the acting. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, Edie Gethingi? Uh, I believe that's how. That's what it was, yeah. Okay. So, anywho, um, excellent just story. Um, great cinematography. Score is fantastic. Um, that album for the album for this movie, the soundtrack is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great musical pick. Fits the and, and actually, this is a compliment to the movie. It's like the the picks that they've chosen. I don't know if it's because of the way the story is shot or, or I'm sorry, the way the movie is shot or the story or whatnot. But the mm-hmm. musical picks, they're modern, but they fit within the context of the movie. It's interesting. That, that is very interesting. Like, I, I like it when they do have a uh, quote-unquote period piece, but yeah. all the music is very current. Yeah, but it's like it's, it doesn't take you out of the movie. Like, yeah. So it's a great movie on Netflix. You have Netflix. There's no reason to not watch it. Uh, came out late last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not even like a Western fan, and I like this. Like I watched this movie almost three times now. Oh yeah, wow! About three times now. Yeah. Did Did you forget that Idris Elba was in the movie? I said Idris Elba. I did not hear you say Idris Elba. My the my headphones must have cut out when you said that. 
Yeah, and no, he should I be said, he said her. Yeah, I said I said him for last because it's Aegis Elba. Yeah, no, you know what? I that's actually is what happened. It was my uh the mic cut out for me or my headset cut out for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, he he plays a great villain, fantastic, and him and his crew has a scene on a train. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> Very bad. Okay. So. It, it, they they build up their characters very well. They foreshadow a lot, and yeah, like they did. Everyone did a great job. Okay, and Samuel, you did a great job, bro. That's what's up. Sim, you go as Yakin for the for the for the writing on this. It's great. That's definitely what's up. Yeah. So. All right. I mean, that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Oh. No, there was a movie I, I needed to look up, and I was going to find it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Let me find the name of it real quick. While you do that, I need to give an apology to you guys, because I, I had to make sure I knew what I was talking about earlier. So, first off, when I said the book, The Pimp Diaries, allow me to apologize. Uh, this was called Pimp Story of My Life by Iceberg Slim aka Robert Beck he was a, a writer back in the day and was an actual pimp back in the 60s so no, 20s I'm sorry okay so it was earlier than, than you thought for one so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember it was much earlier it was like either in like the late the late 40s early 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 60s like he was i think he was a pimp around those times and then he started writing about his encounters and i think he wrote like he wrote a few books and i think there was actual an actual movie about him and back in 2012 and another movie about him in 1972 on his book trick baby and and I think one's like a, an autobiography movie or something. Interesting. But yeah, I just wanted to clarify that it's not Ice Pick Dave. It's or to be confused with the Pimp Chronicles by Cat Williams. And back to what back to, back to Rudy Ray Moore. There's a direct inspiration. I would I hear the two. No. But anyways, uh little disclaimer there my bad folks hey you came through with a correction it's always a good thing yep always a good thing so to go ahead to go ahead and um oh i gotta say the name of that movie first so the name of it was carmen jones uh there was another one uh called the dex ran red that i was also suggested to watch so those are two dorothy dandridge movies uh, okay, awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, to go ahead and promote one more movie. Oh, yeah. I still need yeah. to see this one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, I worked on a little movie with a friend of mine. Um, name is, her name is Lily Bell. Uh, she wrote and directed this movie called Thanksgiving Dinner. Uh, it's a, if you love dark comedies and if you love, like, just thrillers, horror, and all that other good stuff, and blood, check it out. Um, 
about this girl who invites her family over for Thanksgiving dinner and <laughs> let's just say she gets it like they're a bunch of rich douchebags oh uh, fun yeah and the insults are flying there's so much shade thrown that you think it's Hawaii it's great excellent indie film I'll put the link in the, the podcast check it out definitely see the birth of like a, a great new writer and director be here first guys yeah good job and i even helped out a little bit on it this did like a lot of sound effects and whatnot oh bit. awesome yeah so that was my little project for at least the last couple of years still is so nice you know, real, like support like our young black independent directors and writers absolutely it's they need they need the promotion they need the help so again link will be in description it's 33 minutes and 45 seconds of your time check out thanksgiving dinner you will not be disappointed again that's thanksgiving dinner by lily bell yeah she's also a very awesome person i met her and yeah complete complete sweetheart yeah definitely known her since we were kids so yeah um Yep, hit her yeah, up. Uh, yeah. So, yep, like I said, links will be in the description. And, yeah, just go ahead and click on it. Check it out. Watch in the dark. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably going to watch it, like, after this. Because I've been thinking about it more and more now. And I was thinking that was actually, like, about an hour. And I didn't have, like, an hour to just give to that movie just yet. So I, after all the craziness of me doing stuff in the house, yes, I am going to sit down, chill with this movie and probably be very, very entertained. More than likely be very, very entertained by it. Yeah. yeah it's very, very entertaining. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really seeing, looking forward to what she did with it and seeing if I can pick out what you might've done. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, I see if you hear my voice my sexy voice in the background oh you're just like a background voice i thought oh, you'd no, be no. like oh, okay oh, oh no, no no i did the um most of the most of the sound effects oh okay okay I added some sounds some music edited some music edited a few all right so so if i pick out like what you had picked in or put in for that then yeah yeah okay yeah. cool that Dang. sounds like it's gonna be fun yeah it's a great movie kind of cool yeah so but like i said i mean that's all i have for today same here or okay i mean there was a movie i did want to mention i think i may have already covered it though and it's been a while since i've seen it uh i was gonna talk about high how high oh we talked about that a little bit earlier i think you were doing some research while we were talking about it yeah, I was. But, uh, yeah, like like I said, we kind of already touched on it a little bit. It's just, you know, it really was an interesting movie to me. Not only because, you know, Method Man and Red Man were the stars of this, who I also think had a hand in the production. But it was that... it. What really always threw me over is, like, 
his the guy who played his teacher. Do you guys know who the guy who played a his his professor was? Method I'm looking Man. it up right now, but I know the guy that you're talking about, and he's a really good actor himself. Uh, played in he's a not, lot of stuff in a while. Of he's he not just he is not just an actor. No, not just an actor, but he like I said, he is an awesome actor. Uh, his name is Oba Babatunde. That's Oba not about. Yeah, Oba Babatunde. Is that why does that sound familiar? I'm looking at his uh filmography right now, so I'll let you know as soon as okay, I find something interesting. You're talking about the dean. Oh, you, you're talking about the coach. No, not the coach. I'm talking about the botany guy. Oh, that guy. I don't remember his name at all. Um. I need money. Bart. Right. Uh, that's the character's name. I need money. You think he's oh. a a mute the entire time, and then nope. Uh, Tracy Walter. That's his name. As Professor Wood. Yep. Hold on, sec. But there's also a Professor Jackson, played by Spalding Gray. Another amazing actor. Tracy Walter. Damn. What? Or are you talking about Amber Smith, who is a uh, Professor Gar? No, his botany professor was Professor Wood. Okay, it wasn't. I thought it was someone else for some reason. No, it was a. It was some old guy. <laughs> for some reason, I almost thought it was. Odd, it was Vilma Zygmunt. But I guess that makes sense that he wouldn't be behind the camera. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, this movie actually this movie had a lot of people in it. It I really did not realize that. Oh yeah, like that movie had quite a lot of people. I mean, to be honest with you, like a lot of like older movies are like that. Yeah. Where it's like looking back at it, it's like, wait, this is where they started from? Or or wow. they were in this movie? Right. Or it's like, wow, this movie had a lot of like famous people in it that weren't famous at the time. Yeah, I, I have a perfect example, and it kind of circles back to a movie we were talking about earlier. It was in uh uh I'm gonna get you sucker. Chris Rock was in there. He ordered one rib. <laughs> He, he went into this rib place, ordered one rib because that's all he wanted. And then this man pulls out after having an argument with the guy and finally talking him down to getting one rib. He pulls out a whole wad of money. This man could have bought the store itself. <laughs> he could have bought a rack of ribs. He, he could have. He could have bought four racks of ribs and it would have been all right. You got all these ribs now. But nah, he wanted one rib. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen Chris Rock do. <laughs> that is hilarious. 
But but just to end on this note real quick, did he do the right thing? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna ask me if he did the right thing. Or wait, or wait. Next you're gonna ask if he leaned on me. No, I was no I was gonna ask you, was he the best man? And did he have the best man? You know, he was just out in the wood. Wait, that's did I, it. Did I not bring up Judas and the Black Messiah? Oh no, I didn't bring up Judas and you the didn't. Black Messiah. You didn't, and we are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and look God. at the time. And look at the time. Right. I'm sorry. Watch <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah. Excellent Black Panther story. No, I don't mean Black Panther. I mean Black Panther. Actually, the Black Panther organization. Black Panther organization. <laughs> excellent black panther story and really shows like how a black man united all of chicago but of course unfortunately that's not how things go like yeah it just don't last for one yeah very interesting story check it out on hbo max because that's where it's on cool glad we got that covered but of course, I want to thank you everyone for doing the podcast and just listen to us ramble on and talk about black movies, African American movies. Excellent, it's great. There's obviously a lot more that we haven't mentioned, a lot more classics, a lot more current ones that are really great. But I do want to say again, thank you. Hit us up, check us out. Add us on the Night Shift Band is also media platforms. That's your Facebook, TikToks, Twitters, all that good stuff. Um, donate to our GoFundMe and our Patreon again at the Night Shift Bandits and hit up the discussion where we talk about love, life, and relationships. That being said, Ryan, take us out. Thank you all once again for listening to the Night Shift Bandits. We're about to punch out so you all can punch in. Check us out next week. This has once again been the Night Shift Bandits and hey, Happy Black History Month, everybody. Yep, exactly. Where it's all about us. Yeah. Now get out. Bye. If you got I'm those going nowhere. No, no, no. You guys didn't see what I did. I, of course I not. Really didn't see what I did. I'm, I'm not there with you. It's a good one. Shout outs to Jordan Peele. Ooh, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Yeah. I said it's all about us. And I told you guys to get out. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Hey, hey. Nope. I got to explain the joke. Thanks, guys. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, you you, you don't know about nope. I do know about nope. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Later. Peace. Peace.